Hey, my friend, welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. My name is Lori Sykes. I'm an entrepreneur, mentor, founder of Zen Rabbit, and your instigator in saying, fuck, be fine. This show is for those of you who are done living with the dumpster fire and are ready to find the tools and courage to transform, to step into more success and fulfillment in both your personal and business life. You're in the right place for stories of self-discovery, gratitude, and connection. And to help you strengthen that connection to your own inner guidance, you'll find each episode has an accompanying meditation. Now let's get into it. My guest on today's show grew up in a hostile, abusive environment. So it's no surprise Jennifer Ramirez developed anger and self-worth issues. She became a single mom in her early 20s and survived domestic, emotional, and financial abuse as an adult. Then she was introduced to personal development and counseling, which she credits for helping her transform her life. By the time she was 30, she had paid off $25,000 of credit card debt and graduated from college completely debt-free while working full-time and raising her daughter. It was through therapy that she found the strength to start talking about her childhood sexual abuse, even though her family and her culture encouraged her to leave the past in the past. She realized she was the one who had to step up, speak out, and stop the cycle of secrets and shame. In this episode, we're talking about what's often a taboo topic and how using your voice to speak your truth courageously helps you overcome all types of trauma. I can't wait for you to hear about the super hard question Jennifer asked her mom and where the answer led them. Jennifer Ramirez is an author, speaker, entrepreneur, and the founder of And Rise, which is a nonprofit organization whose mission is to empower women to be the ultimate versions of themselves, no matter what adversities they've faced. She says the and means your story isn't over yet. There's more to tell. And the rise means rising above any adversities you've been through. Jennifer loves helping women rediscover their badassery. She mentions the upcoming Bet on Us Casino Night fundraiser. You can find out how to contribute to that as well as more about her organization at womenrisechicago.org. You can also text the word healing to 773-770-4377 to subscribe for info on upcoming events, free resources, and more. I'll put the link to that number and her website in the show notes. Today's episode is sponsored by Zen Rabbit. If you'd like to find peace of mind amidst the chaos, no matter what's going on around you, get on a complimentary call with me. In less than 30 minutes, you'll get insight on any issue you'd like to bring to the table. And you'll leave the conversation with clarity and renewed energy. Find the booking link in the show notes or text me at 571-317-1463. And if you're not into chatting just yet, you can go to zenrabbit.com to find free resources like meditations and articles. Welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. My guest today is Jennifer Ramirez. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Thank you. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Jumping right into the important meaty stuff, what were the, what were the values and beliefs that you were raised with that contributed to who you became as a young adult? 
Yeah, so I was raised in a very religious household, um, Christian. Uh, my parents were extremely strict, uh, you know, so I, I couldn't go past like, like the third house over. <laughs> very, very strict um, household. And we also were not really, I guess, just like we weren't really taught a lot of things in a weird way, if that makes sense. You know, like we weren't taught like life lessons and here's what you do when this happens and here's how you handle, you know, this when that happens. It was kind of just like we were just there. <laughs> so you know, as I became older, I started realizing like, wow, there's a lot of things that I had to figure out on my own that I had absolutely no idea how to um, handle. Right. So. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so, I mean, it, I, I also had no boundaries and also was sexually abused as a kid, which also made me I was also very, very shy, shy to begin with. And then the sexual abuse made me even more shy and untrusting of people. Um, so I, that's how I grew up. I grew up being very. Uh, kind of to myself, like I did have friends and things like that and have problems socializing, uh, and that, which did, which was something that didn't help as I became an adult. But yeah, so that's just a really, really quick overview of like how I was raised and, and, you know, how I became the adult that I am and was. <laughs> that makes sense. Of course, if you're, yeah, that you would have kept to yourself mm -hmm. if you started out as an introvert to start Absolutely. with and then had all of that trauma that you wouldn't trust people. And so then did that, that, that inability to trust people, how did that play out as you got older? So I definitely had a lot of trust issues with girls too, with women, because as you know, girls can be very mean, especially when you're growing up and when you're in middle school, high school, even college even can be, can be hard. So I didn't have a lot of friends, but I had, you know, just, a handful of people that I trusted and that I stuck with, uh, and then romantic relationships as well. I didn't really like, I wasn't out there dating, but I did have like a serious relationship when I was in high school and it was my high school sweetheart, uh, which was actually a good experience. It was a good, like first time experience for me. And that was a normal relationship until I got a little bit older and then I started dating toxic guys that I had no business dating <laughs> either. So, uh, yeah, so it did definitely affect well, me and the choices that I made. And that makes sense kind of because of the role models that you had growing up. How would you have been able to make better choices if that's not right. what you were seeing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I didn't really, and I also didn't see my parents with a lot of friends either. They also stuck to themselves or more their, you know, their family members and stuff. So I kind of just grew up thinking like friends weren't really a big deal, you know, that, that type of stuff. I, I knew they were for me personally, but I didn't put so much emphasis on it. I was very, I still am very ambitious, very goal driven. So I was all about like getting to the next level. So, you know, when I was in high school, I was working on what am I going to do for college? And then when I was in college, I'm like, okay, what's my next move? Uh, so, so that's what, a lot of my focus was more than I usual, like teens usually just all about their friends and socializing and going out. And I didn't go out a lot of stuff like that. So where did that drive come from? That's a great question because I always wonder like where I am very, very different from the rest of my family. I'm very ambitious, very independent. Don't need anybody to tell me anything. Like I've never needed like direction in a sense, you know, like I just, I don't know. I'm very happy though that I am like this. <laughs> you know, I'm very happy that that it turned out like that because I've been able to accomplish a lot of things, but I do think actually it comes from like 
both of my parents were very hardworking people. So I think that drive of like, and, and it was also taught to me, like, you have to work hard for the things that you want. Things don't just come to you. You have to, you know, so I knew that I had to work hard. But, you know, I saw my parents work, but that's it. I didn't see them going for other goals or doing other hobbies or being involved in anything other than, you know, working and coming home <laughs> to, to the kids, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so then as you got older and were going through college, what were you working all the time? Um, and when did you, cause it sounds like you're still ambitious, mm -hmm. however, that you have discovered that friends are important too. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So when I started college, I was, um, eight, 17, actually, I actually graduated early and I actually moved to the city to Chicago when I was 19. So I went to school for one semester at Loyola downtown. And then I actually dropped out. Um, because I lost my motivation when I moved to the city. It was a completely different world. I grew up in the suburbs. So when I came out here, I was exposed to a whole bunch of different things and people that I had never been exposed to in my life. So I kind of lost it, turned into a big party girl. All I wanted to do was have fun. I kind of like lost that ambition. Uh, and then probably a year, year and a half later is when I got pregnant with my daughter, which was a blessing because it calmed me down and it set my mind back to like, okay, what are we going to do? <laughs> you know, you can't just go out all the time and have fun. Like now you have responsibility, you have somebody that's depending on you. Like, what are you going to do? And I actually did try to go back to college a few twice when she was a baby, but it was like impossible because one, she was too little at one point and she needed too much of my attention and time. And I just couldn't do the course load and, you know, be a single mom. And then um, the other one was like, I couldn't afford to pay babysitter. These people wanted money for, you know, babysitting her. And I just didn't have the means to do that. So I was like, it's either school or my bills and my rent. And I obviously had to, to live. So I had to pay my, my rent and stuff first. So that was kind of one of the downfalls. But it wasn't until I turned 25, 26 is when I started really going back to college and taking it very seriously which again was a blessing in disguise because now you're older. So you're in a different mind frame. So you take it a little bit more seriously. And I actually enjoyed it. Like I turned into a nerd. I was like, I like learning. Learning's fun, you know? So, <laughs> so it did, in my opinion, everything worked out the way it was supposed to. Um, and I did really well also going back as an adult, even as a single parent and everything, I was on high honors and got really good grades, but I really did enjoy being in school. So so yeah, so it's never too late. I always tell people that I have, meet a lot of women that are like, I'm in 50s, 60 years old, and it's too late for me. I'm like, no, it is never too late. You can be, you know, 80, 90 if you want to be and still go back to school or do whatever it is that you want to do, you know? Absolutely. I, I think of that story, I don't remember where I first heard it, but of a woman who wanted to go back to school to become a, an attorney or a doctor or something. But she was like, oh, but I'm, I'm 50 years old already. And somebody said, so how long is it going to take you to get your degree? And I don't know, you know, it's five years, eight years, whatever. So, so, right. you know, so I'll be 58 by the time I have my degree. Okay. Well, you're going to be 58 anyway. So why yep. not? There's a saying that says the time will pass anyway. So you're either going to take that, you know, five-year degree and, and you'll have a degree in five years or five years will pass and you still won't have your degree. So, you know, I think that's really important to remember. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. When we were talking on, um, in our conversation before we were recording, 
you were telling me about the time when everything in your life was fine. Obviously the show fine is a four letter word <laughs> when things were fine, but you, but they really weren't fine. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that and how you moved from there to where you are now. Sure. So like I had mentioned, I, I went through childhood sexual abuse as a kid. And then I went through a lot of domestic and um, sexual assault as an adult. And that was very detrimental. But to the outside world, it seemed like I was okay. And I always portrayed myself as okay, because that's what I was taught. You always act like every, everything's fine, like nothing bothers you. You know, it's something that was instilled in me, unfortunately. So I just acted like everything was fine, but I was actually depressed. Um, I was very angry. I had major anger issues. I was resentful of a lot of people in my life that had done me wrong or whatever. You know, I was just this angry, angry ball of anger walking around and and everybody that was around me like could feel it. Like even my family was like, what happened to you? Like, why are you so mean now? But I think it was also a defense mechanism. I turned into mm. this like badass, if you will because it was a defense mechanism. So nobody can mess with me anymore because so many people had messed with me and taken advantage of me that I turned into this like badass. And I was like, you know, you can't mess with me and I'll beat you up and, you know, starting an argument. And I was just, like I said, I was actually angry. Yeah. So like I used to like want to fight people and argue with people and I would go at it like in all day, every day. And it used to make me happy or so I thought, I thought it was fulfilling because I thought I, again, I was like showing people but little did I know, all I was doing was hurting myself because that's not really who I was inside. I wasn't an angry person. I'm really a genuinely nice person with a really good heart. So I didn't realize that I was actually doing a lot of harm to myself, a lot of self-sabotage. I did a lot of things that I sh- you know, shouldn't have done. And I think it's because I also had low self-esteem and I didn't love myself back then. And I didn't even know that self-love was a thing or healing or you know, even counseling, you know, I wasn't in counseling back then. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until my late 20s that I started going to counseling for the first time in my life. And it was absolutely a game changer for me. Also self help books, I know people always laugh when I say that but self help books were like a huge piece of my healing. Yeah, Uh, it really was because it made me become more self aware of like myself and the things I was doing and why I was doing them. And I was like, Oh, okay, this all makes sense now. And that's kind of what started me off on my journey. And um, I was in a toxic work environment also for seven years, a very long time. And I didn't even know there was such a thing as a toxic work environment either. You just think these people are just assholes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So much work you have going on. Yeah. So, so I didn't real. And then once I got promoted and I like left that job and I realized how toxic it was after I left, like when I was in this normal environment with normal people, I was like, how did I like deal with that for all that time? I had no idea. But then again, I also had no choice because I was making pretty good money considering that I didn't have a college degree yet at that time and single parent, you know, so you do what you got to do. But it was once I got into this new work environment, I also was working with people who are now college educated, which I had never worked with before and just positive. Everybody was just so different and supportive and it was just so different and it motivated me. It put like so much drive into me because I was like, wow, these people are so impressive. I want to be on their level. You know, I want to be like smart like them. And that's actually Mm -hmm. what made me want to go back to school. I actually started going back to college because of that, because I wanted to work my way up the corporate ladder. And that's kind of what, what, what led me to everything else. You know, I was also a single mom, like I mentioned a bunch of times, single mom, 
really broke, really poor. I was in $25,000 of credit card debt, which was Mm. also added to my depression and to my anger because I never got financial help from my kid's dad. So that added to a lot of that. And then once I got out, I was 100% debt free by the time I was 30 years old. I put myself through college and it just was a game changer for me. I just like realized like, man, I can do all these things. Like who knew? And I just started looking at myself in a different light and started learning to love myself and through the counseling and the self-help books and just all my work like on myself, it's led me to who I am today and everything that I'm doing. That's so impressive and congratulations to you. I have some questions. Of course. What what led you to counseling or to, was it the self-help books first or was it counseling first? Where did you it was step into first. that, like reaching out to find, and, and what led you to that? That's a great question. I don't know what led me to counseling. Oh, actually I do. So it was my last toxic relationship. He, we went to couples counseling together and that's kind of what, like, I was like, oh, this is good you know and then when he me and him broke up I still continued to see the therapist that we were seeing and it helped a lot and that's actually where I started talking about my sexual abuse I've never talked about it with anyone outside of like my family before Mm. and so that was very healing to just be in a space that I could just say these things that I never was able to talk about before because I was told not to talk about it I had a lot of shame and guilt for talking about it because my family always used to try to make us feel bad if we ever spoke about it because that's the family secret and you don't talk about those things of course you know nobody needs to know that so I think yeah, I think that's how the counseling started. And I saw how much it was helping me and I just stuck with it. And I still, to this day, see a counselor every week, not because anything's wrong in my life, but just because I believe in it so much. And I think it helps to just talk to a person on a you know regular basis about whatever it is yeah. that's happening in your life. Yeah. It's like preventative medicine, right? Like mm-hmm. you don't, <laughs> you want to take care of yourself before you have something majorly wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. You are now also in counseling with your mom. Yes, I am. Which I think is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about what that what you're doing in that counseling and how did you get her to go with you? Yeah, so I asked my mom. So to give you guys just a little bit more background. So again, childhood sexual abuse. My mom knew about it and didn't do anything. So I had a lot of anger and resentment. And if, believe it or not, more more ill feelings towards her than the, my dad was the one who did it. I don't know how to explain it, but that's just how I felt, right? Because I felt like she should have protected me. Um, so I have been going through a whole lot of healing and work, a lot of deep work on myself. And I was actually talking to my counselor about it one day because I knew I always wanted to go to family counseling with my mother, but I was always like terrified and scared just because he just like even for to ask her to go was like a scary thought. And I had told my counselor one day, I was like, if my mom died tomorrow, I would never forgive myself for not going to counseling with her. I would That would always be on my heart. So I think I just need to bite the bullet and ask her. And I did. I reached out. Like, I think two days later, I reached out. And I think I just sent her a text. And I was like, hey, would you be interested in going to counseling, like family counseling with me? And she was like, yeah. She was very receptive, which I was totally expecting her to, like, just ignore me or say no way. Um, but she was like, yeah, that's totally fine. And, you know, we can do that. And I was like, wow, okay. So I, you know, we, we were on a wait list for a little bit and then finally we got to see a counselor and we've been in counseling for like two and a half months now. And it's been very, very good, way better than I expected. Cause 
she's been able to kind of give me closure on a lot of things that I never thought I'd get. Like she's been, she's basically admitted, like, I know I wasn't the best mom. I know I messed up here. I know I did this. I know I should have done this. I know I, you know, Yeah. but it's, I also have a lot of empathy towards her because in our sessions I've realized, or I've learned that she was also being abused by my dad. Mm-hmm. Like my dad was also a narcissist on top of a pedophile. Um, so he was actually like physically and sexually abusive to my mother too. But I didn't obviously know that cause I was a kid and I didn't know what that stuff was. And sure. Um, so now that I am in it with her, I understand her a little bit better. And I'm like, how could this woman have helped me when the same thing was happening to her? She was in the same situation. Um, so, you know, I have a lot of empathy towards her and she's apologized. And I think, just think I've gotten a lot of closure from it, which I honestly never thought I'd ever get in my life. I was just kind of set on like, whatever I lost my mom, like my mom's like physically around, but she's not like mentally around. And I just kind of accepted that for what it was. So now that we um, are doing this, we talk a little bit more. It's not where I want it to be. Like we were not like BFFs or mm-hmm. have like the best relationship ever, but we email each other and we talk about like how we feel and she apologizes and I apologize. Cause I've done things too. You know, I've said very hurtful things to her in the past as well. That things that she still remembers from when I was like 18 that I said that still like hurt her. And I was like, wow. But I was, you know, a young, dumb kid um, at right. 18. And I, I told her, I'm like, my intention was to hurt you. <laughs> you know, I did right. want you to feel and, bad about it. But now I, that I'm an adult, I do feel bad. <laughs> and I think a lot of, of us at that age are, we're exploring our independence. You know, teenagers say mm-hmm. mean things to their parents. They just do. I think that's part of it. I don't know. Maybe, right. maybe they don't all mm-hmm. do it, but I remember saying some pain, some hurtful things to my mom no, too. I agree. I have a teenager. Growing into becoming <laughs> independent, like preparing yourself to leave and go out on your own. And so, right. Yeah. Was your, has your mom, what a gift that you, that you two are able to share this experience now. Was she, had she been in counseling before this on her own ever? No. She's never seen a counselor in her life until we started this. And she still doesn't see a counselor on her own, but it's my hopes that she sees that this is working for us and that she will then be able to go off on her own. And I've told her that before. I really hope that you go off on your own with someone one day to work on things because she has a lot of things to work on. And it's definitely a cultural thing too. We're Mexican. So it's definitely like, She's even said, we don't need this. Mm-hmm. It, why can't we just leave the past in the past? And I'm like, that's just, that would be great if it just, you could just leave the past in the past, but that's just not how it works, you know? So. Right. We're not, we're not wired that way as humans. Yeah. And I think she's slowly but surely starting to see that counseling helps. <laughs> that's, that's such a, like I said, amazing gift that you were able to give her. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy about it. And I never thought I'd be the one in the family to like, be the not the fixer because I don't consider myself the fixer but just the one to like help people heal and go see counselors and you know stuff like that mental health stuff that I think is really important <laughs> there has to be one person in a family I was actually on a, a networking call earlier today in a group setting and somebody was talking about y- you as like the people who are listening being the one in the family to do things differently. 
someone has to step up. So why couldn't it be you? Like I'm speaking to the listeners. I'm speaking to you. Like who takes the, takes a different path and changes the trajectory of family history. I totally am that person in my family. (laughs) And like I said, I never expected for that to happen, but you know, if it has to be me, it has to be me. I'm the only one that's like, an entrepreneur and, you know, think very public about my abuse. My family is obviously, they're not. (laughs) So I know it was very weird for them when I started talking about it on Facebook and stuff. And they're like, what the hell is wrong with you? Why are you, you know, but I think they've also seen me um, heal and work through a lot of things. And they're like, huh, it leaves them like, maybe I should try that because it's helping her and she's doing so well now, you know? So I think by my example there, I'm hopefully leading them in the right path. So many people I've talked to have privately shared stories, not exactly your story, but stories of abuse and the shame around it. And they are so unwilling and afraid to talk about it publicly, Yes, which I get, I get it. However, by you standing up and and sharing, you allow other people to see that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What what was it that inspired you to start talking about it? Is it was it just part of your healing journey, or is there something more? So I actually started a blog. Um, that's what started everything. To be honest with you, this was years ago too. I can't even remember twenty nineteen. 2018, I think I started the blog. And that's where I actually started talking about it. And it was like, freeing, I felt free after I spoke about it in the blog. And then, and then I started doing Facebook lives and talking about it in videos and things like that. And every time I spoke about it, I felt better and better and better. And I felt like I didn't have this thing holding me down anymore, this thing that was like, so shameful. You know, and then I also realized in talking about it was like, it's not my shame to hold. I didn't do anything wrong. I was a freaking kid. I didn't even know how to put words to what was happening to me. And I'm like, that's my dad's shame to hold. So I think that was a huge piece of why speaking is so important. And I always tell people like your truth is so important and your voice, God gave us all a voice to speak use it, you know, and the only person that benefits from your secrets is the person that told you to keep it a secret in the first place, usually a perpetrator or abuser of some sort. They're the only one that wins from it. And that's on purpose, you know, so I think it's important to speak your truth, whether other people believe you or not, whether other people say, you know, I don't believe that or you're a liar, whatever. It's still your truth. It's still your story. And nobody could ever take that from you. And I always tell the ladies that I work with that because it's so important. Yes. And now that you mentioned the ladies that you work with, how did you come to start this organization? Share a little bit about what you're doing because it's such important work. So uh, I have a nonprofit organization called And Rise. So the and means your story isn't over yet. There's more to tell and the rise means rising above any adversities that you faced. So we're an organization um, that empowers women to be the best version of themselves. And so uh, we offer free counseling, we offer free support groups for female trauma survivors, whether that's sexual trauma, emotional trauma, physical trauma, anything like that. Uh, And then we also have like women's empowerment events, we do life coaching, we do um, 
personal development, professional development. So we want to help women be that best version, whether it's personally or professionally. Uh, and I think it's really important. And I just basically created an organization that I needed once upon a time when I was going through all of my stuff, you know, and being able to to have a safe space where people could come and talk about these things that do have a lot of guilt and shame associated with them. And when they do try to talk to friends and family about it, they are shamed or they feel worse off, you know, after trying to talk to someone about it, because they're like, oh my gosh, you're still talking about that? You're not over that yet? Or why don't you just leave them already? Oh my gosh, because it's just not that easy. Like you've heard the statistics with domestic abuse survivors, it usually takes eight eight or nine times for them to finally leave their abuser. Yeah. And it's not just like, oh yeah, they know they need to leave them. They know that, but it's harder, easier said than done, especially when this person is being physically abusive to you, you know? So um, I love what I do. I love helping women and I love helping them just get to that next level in life, whatever that is for them. You know, I think it's really important to, to just empower women and we are very, very powerful people. And personally, that's why I think that we're trying to be held back right now. At, you know, all the things that are happening in the world. I think we, there's people out there that know how powerful we are and they're trying to keep us down because I think if we all came together, we'll blow this freaking world out of the water. Yeah. It, like, yeah. And I think we're better leaders than men personally, but that's just me speaking. <laughs> <laughs> that's just my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> What, what do you see? That's just my personal opinion. <laughs> what do you, what's next for you? Um, so we're definitely small, but mighty. We have some pretty, we've, we're going to be three years old in October. Um, but we have big, awesome things coming up. We have our biggest like fundraiser coming up in October. It's called the Bet on Us Casino Night Fundraiser. We have an event coming up at the end of this month with Bumble with the dating app, which I'm super excited about. So that just shows me that we're growing. There's people out there that really believe in our mission. And I guess what's next is I really want us to be a worldwide organization. And this is a long-term goal, like 10 plus years away. Um, but I really see us being an organization where we help women all around the world. Because as you know, there's other countries that don't have any type of resources or rights for women or anything like that. So I want to be that organization where women can just come to for whatever it is that they need, free counseling, a support group you know, help with their resume or help with getting to that next level in their career, changing careers even. And how do I do that? You know, or just educating them also on healthy relationships, what's normal, what's not red flags, you know, pay attention to these signs that way, you know, I believe in education prevention. So to preventing sexual and domestic abuse from happening in the first place, I think it's really, really important. So I have a lot of missions in my life. Uh, <laughs> and also another thing that I want to do in the future too, is bring more awareness to the black and brown communities around mental health and just putting the word out there that it's okay. It's not for crazy people. Doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It's just okay to talk to somebody um, about whatever it is that's going on with you. And we need to normalize uh, mental health services for sure. Absolutely. Healthcare is healthcare, whether it's mental health care, physical health care. Yeah. It's all healthcare. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your physical I, health. I remember the question I was going to ask you oh, earlier. Okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so it, it was more of a comment, I guess, than a question around, you were talking about that you didn't even know that, um, that, that counseling was a thing mm -hmm. or that what was happening in your family was not quote unquote normal. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to jump in and say like, right, we, I've spoken to so many of my 
guests and clients and, and whomever about how we tend to beat ourselves up for not knowing, but how would you know if that's all you know? Right. Absolutely. I think that's really important that you said that because I always talk to my ladies about this and because they blame themselves a lot. I should have done this. I should have known better. I should have, you know, done something different. And I'm like, you did the best you could at the moment with the information you had at that moment. And if all you knew how to do, if all you knew how to do at the moment was freeze, then that's all you could have done. And if you fight, then that's great, you know, whatever, but don't be upset at yourself for not handling it a certain way because your body does react to trauma. It in some people freeze, you've heard of it, fawn, freeze, fight, flight, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like it's real mm -hmm. stuff and everybody is different. I'm not going to lie. I'm a freezer. I freeze. But there, you know, the person next to me could be a fighter and that's okay. You know, there's no right or wrong way, like how to deal with, with things that come up, especially when they're traumatic, you know? So I always tell people, give yourself grace. You did the best that you, you, you did the best that you could at the moment with the information that you had, you know? Um, but yes, you're right. People do right. tend to blame themselves a lot for like, coulda, shoulda, woulda done this. But that doesn't really help when you're trying to heal because that's just like more self-blame and that doesn't make you feel any better. So just giving yourself grace is a really huge piece of healing and and just forgiving yourself too. You know, uh, self-forgiveness is a huge piece of it as well. And saying, I forgive myself for maybe not, for maybe staying too long in that relationship or allowing somebody to do that to me. You know, it we, we tend to forgive other people easier than we do ourselves, especially as women. We're very, very hard on ourselves. So I, I really think it's important to just, you know, relay that message out to whoever's listening right now that maybe needs to hear that. Cause yeah. Um, you know, you do the best you can and that's all you can do. Yes. 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 Thank you for sharing that. My last question before we go, cause this has been such a, a valuable conversation is when you need that extra boost of energy, you're getting through a long day or you're starting a day and you, you've got a lot to get through, what's the song that you listen to? What's your hype song? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think you asked me this before. Um, I think I said, was it Destiny's Child? Uh, what was the, the name of the song? Um, independent. I think it's an independent woman. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of different songs that I like, and it really just depends on my mood. Um, but yeah, I, I love Destiny's Child or Beyonce. <laughs> that's a perfect song for you. We're going to put a, a link to that in the show notes. And the other thing I'd like to put a link to in the show notes is how somebody could get in touch with you if you, they want to continue the conversation. Sure. So you can uh, reach me directly at my email. So it's jennifer at womenrisechicago.org. Um, or you can just go to our website as well and check out the website, www.womenrisechicago.org and check out all the things that we're doing, sign up for support group or sign up for an event that we have coming up. We have a lot of great uh, events, but definitely feel free to reach out if you want to talk to me about anything or ask questions. I'm always happy to talk to anyone. Appreciate it. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me today on fine is a four letter word, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. Wow. I am simply amazed by Jennifer's strength and determination and so grateful. She was open to sharing her journey here. 
Now for the key takeaways. Number one, it's never too late to do whatever it is you want to do. Jennifer dropped out of school at a young age. Years later, she finished her studies, and she said she actually enjoyed going to school more this time around, not in spite of being older, but because of it. Being more mature and centered put her in a great position and set her up for success. Take a shot at whatever goal you've been putting on the back burner now, because time is going to pass by anyway. Number two, speaking your truth is therapeutic. Putting your thoughts into words helps you process your emotions and your experiences in a different way. Gaining that perspective is a vital part of the healing process. When Jennifer started speaking out and sharing honestly about the sexual abuse she suffered as a child, she not only let go of the shame that held her from doing so in the first place, she realized that shame wasn't even hers to hold. Number three, conversely, you often judge or hold resentment towards certain people because of not knowing what their truth is. When you get upset with someone, there's a chance you're not being fair to them because you don't have all the information. It's helpful to attempt to understand the other person's side of the story before jumping in and judging or trying to fix the situation. Jennifer did this with her mother through counseling. Number four, there will be a person who breaks hurtful social patterns in the family. There will be someone who recognizes toxic recurrent behaviors that everyone else chooses to ignore or label as normal and takes it upon themselves to do something about it. If any of this sounds like something you can relate to, that person in your family could be you. Number five, forgive yourself for not acting an ideal way during a traumatic event. The approach you took was the best you could do at that time with the information and maturity you had. Plus, a lot of times, especially in traumatic situations, how you react is not even in your control. Give yourself grace for how you confronted a difficult situation the moment you were going through it. Again, you can text that word HEALING to 773-770-4377 to subscribe and find out more about upcoming events and free resources from And Rise. And you can find that number in the show notes. Thanks for being here and subscribing to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. Please share this show with a friend or a colleague. If you're feeling especially generous, leave a review so other people like you can discover the show too. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and all the major podcast directories. You can join me on social too. On Instagram, it's zen underscore rabbit. You can find links to the other platforms at zenrabbit.com. Before you go, remember to take a moment to think about what you're grateful for today. Lastly, you can find this week's meditation queued up right after this episode. And if no one's told you this week, I'm proud of you. Take good care.